Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students. Tonight, we are talking a little bit about Thanksgiving. Who loves Thanksgiving? I love Thanksgiving. It's great. Thanksgiving is awesome because my birthday is usually in the vicinity of or on Thanksgiving, so it's like a built-in party plus presents. You know what I'm saying? Anybody have a birthday close to Thanksgiving too? Yeah, what up? Yeah, yeah, it's good, huh? The, okay, the only hard part is we only get our gifts at, like all at once at the end of the year. You know what I'm saying? And even worse, the kids who have birthdays around Christmas where you get the like, yeah, where you get that, this is your birthday and your Christmas present. You just want to say, you shouldn't give me anything at all. Anyways, Thanksgiving. That's what we're talking about, right? Thanksgiving. One of the things we'd be thankful for, I, I'm thankful for being here tonight. I'm thankful for the people who are in the room tonight who are following Jesus. And I'm thankful for the people in the room tonight who don't know who this whole Jesus guy is. They, they don't have it figured out. They don't, they don't know if they believe. I'm thankful for them being here too. One of the things that I think we can be absolutely thankful for because we could be sure of it is the fact that God's love never ends for us. See, we deserved wrath. We deserved punishment because we left God's ways. We, we sinned against God. We were disobedient. But in his love, he decided to send Christ Jesus, his son, so that he could die in our place so that we could be set free so that for infinity and beyond, he could continue to pour out love and continue to care for us, continue to love us. This is put another way in Ephesians chapter 2. This is a paraphrase of this section, but I love the way it makes it sound. So people in the room who are following Jesus, pay close attention. People who are not sure about this whole Jesus thing, pay even closer attention. All right. It wasn't so long ago that you were mired in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. We all did it. We're all guilty of it. All of us doing what we felt like doing, when we felt like doing it. All of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with a whole lot of us. Instead, though, immense in mercy with an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us at all. And then he picked us up and set us down in the highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. Now, here's where it gets really good. Now, God has where, us where he wants us with all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus, saving us all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. That is so good. In saving, all we do is trust him enough to let him do the saving. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play a major role. And if we did, we'd probably be bragging about it like we've done the whole thing ourselves. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He creates each one of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work that he does, the good work that he's gotten us ready to do, and the work we'd better get doing. So... In Christ Jesus, you have an infinite loop of grace and love and peace and joy that is going to be poured into you your entire time on this planet and into infinity and beyond. You are built into the constant loop of care that Christ Jesus will give you, that God the Father will give you, that the Holy Spirit will give you in believing that he does the saving. I'm going to pray we're going to get rolling into this idea that when we're truly thankful for things, we give. And by sharing, we're caring. 
Okay, let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for tonight. I'm thankful for the students in here um, that are seeking you. I'm thankful for the students in here that are hurting. I'm thankful for the students that are in here tonight that are feeling like their faith is stale and stagnant. I pray that tonight I am just a man, but your words are powerful. That you would speak to their hearts and let them know how how to bring that faith back to life, how to build this life in, in a very, very um, impactful way, and that's through sharing. So it's in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Okay, so let's talk a little Thanksgiving. My favorite Thanksgiving dish is walking out to the table and seeing a beautifully crusted, marshmallow-covered sweet potato casserole. Let's hear it. Absolutely. 100%. Okay. Second. This might be a little controversial. My second favorite cranberry sauce. Yes. Yes. Here's why, though. Here's why. Okay, you wouldn't think it, but it's actually the secret MVP of the entire Thanksgiving meal because it acts like ginger at a sushi bar. It cleanses the palate for whatever entree you have next on your plate, whatever salad, whatever whatever casserole you're, you're putting on your plate. You reach over, cranberry sauce, cleanse the palate, move on. So it's the MVP, really. When I found this photo on Google Images, the caption said, how to serve cranberry sauce. And that was the picture. So there, there you know. You just take it right out of the tube, boom, right there, cranberry sauce. All right, the last one is beautifully crunchy, wonderfully almost fried tasting, um, war- crunchy on the outside, soft in the middle, stuffing. Thanksgiving stuffing. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, so we got to talk about something, though, because wherever this tradition came from, I don't know. I'm thinking, like, there's a thousand other ways to cook that bread than shoving it up the bird. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's got to be a thousand other ways to get that result, but it's tradition. That's how we do it. Turn to the person next to you. Tell them your least favorite Thanksgiving dish. Least favorite. Can't stand it. Gag when you see it. Okay. A lot of strong opinions out there. Okay, now turn to that same person and the person next to you. Tell them your favorite. Tell them your favorite. Yeah. A few heated debates in the front row. A lot of emotions. A lot of exaggerated faces. A lot of drama queens out there about Thanksgiving dinner. It's good. It's good. So, Thanksgiving. If we're truly thankful for something, we'll give it. Sharing is caring. That's the whole idea. When we're thankful for something, we'll naturally give it. Here's what gets in our way, though, is when we were born, there's something in our human nature that naturally thinks that sharing is bad, You know what I'm saying? Like, when you were a baby, as soon as you realized that there was other humans on this planet, you started to, like, hoard your toys. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're like, oh, you're another human. Um, Mine. That was, like, that was probably one of your first five words. Not mommy, daddy, probably mine. 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 That was probably one of your first words. There's something in human nature that we, like, hoard good things. We want them all for themselves. Okay, here's how I prove it. You know that your favorite toy, think of your favorite toy growing up. Got it? You never left that thing on the couch. 
You never left it in the living room. You never left it in the kitchen counter. You took that toy to bed. And you put it in the covers by your feet. So whoever wanted to get to that toy had to go through you first. You hid that thing or your favorite game or whatever it was. Like I had a Power Ranger. And every night that Power Ranger went on the wall side of the bed. So if someone broke in, they had to take me first. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody's getting to that toy. That's, the, that's the, like the selfishness that kicks in naturally in us. But the thing when we get selfish with stuff like that, we like hoard it and we hang on to it and we don't want to do anything with it besides just like have it to ourselves. It starts to get stale and it starts to get like stingy and it's not as cool as we think it is. See, I think, I think that sharing things, good things, only makes good things better. Here's how I'll prove it. You ever gone to Cane's by yourself and eaten? It's kind of a sad experience. You're like, what am I doing here again? Why am I putting myself through this? But when you go to Cane's with your friends, let's go. It's game time. You're tearing into those boxed combos, right? Yeah. Okay, let's say um, you're playing your favorite game online. It's good. But it's 18 times better when your boys are online or your girls are online and you just tank everybody because you're all of the squad and you're all like, you know, it's 18 times better. 18 times better. Um, for example, let's say um, when I wrote music when I, was, when I was younger, like I didn't write that music to put it on a file on the computer. Nobody ever heard it. No, the fun part of it was sharing it with people. The fun part of it was like having people listen to it. That's why I gave it out for free. I was like, here, just have it. Just listen to it. Or, or I think of you guys that work on a musical for so many or, or a band show for so many months. And then what if you just never got to show that to anybody? That would be so lame. Or, or the art of a good offense or a good defense and you, and you practice for months and then you never, nobody ever got to see you do that. Nobody ever got to see that of you. See, sharing makes a good thing better. Sharing elevates the experience of whatever is going on in our lives. There's some wise words out of Proverbs that talks just about this. It says this, one person gives freely yet gains even more. So it's this idea of like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be generous, I'm gonna share I'm going to care about the people around me, and I'm going to share, and the experience is going to get even better. The experience of everybody being around me is only going to get better. They gain even more. But another withholds stuff and comes into poverty. Two weeks ago, we talked about how poverty is really about broken relationships. It's not really about stuff. It's not really about not having stuff, because obviously, if you're hoarding stuff and being selfish with it, you got stuff. But it still says you find yourself in poverty. Why? Because nobody wants to hang out with the super selfish person. Have you noticed that? Like, they're not fun to be around. If, ever, if you come over and you're like, hey, those are my little Debbies. Yep, keep moving. Right to the, right to the living room. Yeah. No, like, the, the poverty they feel. So you might find yourself in this situation, actually, where you, like, find yourself in poverty because you are holding all the good things in your life to yourselves, and you're not letting any of your friends in on it. You know, and all of a sudden you find that, like, nobody wants to be around you or nobody wants to, like, even try to share stuff with you. But the people who are sharing things, their, their relational poverty is alleviated. They're feeling relationships. They're feeling people around them. Because then it goes on to say a generous person will prosper. The life experience will continue to elevate. It will continue to elevate. It will be a fantastic experience. Whoever refreshes Others will be refreshed. And I think that puts to shame the argument, well, if I share with someone, they're going to feel like they have to pay me back. 
Or if I, if I receive something from someone, I'm going to have to pay them back so I don't want them to share. But this is saying both sides are refreshed. Saying the giver feels the refreshment in their soul and the receiver feels the refreshment in their soul. So my whole point in this, going back to the beginning, is that when we are thankful for the gospel, when we are thankful for the good news of a second chance, when we are thankful for all of that, we start to share things and we start to give things in our lives. We start to give out the cares. Who's ever run out of cares? You run out of cares before? Just not enough cares to even care about this anymore. I think we have care fatigue in our world. And here's why. Because you got, you got to care about who people think you are on social media. You got to care about that text stream that you feel like you got to keep up with. You got to care about your grades. You got to care about what people think you look like and what they like about you at school. You got to care about what the coach thinks about you. You got to care about um, how your whole season's going to end up. You got to care about your homework. You got to care about how your home life is going, whether that there's peace there or not. You got to care about so many things that I think eventually we get to the point where we're like, I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. I'm just out of cares to give. I know I've been there. I know you've been there. But what I'm saying is the gospel fills us up with that infinite amount of care. Like it said, when we are with Christ Jesus, the rest of the time on this planet and to infinity and beyond, we will continue to receive care. We will continue to receive a replenished amount of love and care. It's an unlimited amount of love. So I want to illustrate this for you tonight. And I want you to see that the chocolate is truly the cares that you give, okay? Giving the cares, and don't worry about the chocolate. You'll get chocolate later in small group. You'll have your opportunity. But Alex, Alex really loves chocolate. Alex loves chocolate a lot. Um, he, he thinks about it during the day, and he dreams about it during the night. Alex fears the moment. Go ahead and have a seat, Alex. Very good. Alex fears the moment where he would have to share his beloved chocolate. And so we're going to make him do just that. My chocolate share people who I've pre-selected, make your way to the stage very quickly. Round of applause for some brave volunteers. Round of applause. Very good. Very good. Yep. Double time. Here we go. Yeah. You did that to yourself. All right. Two over here. All right. Listen up. Listen up. Two over here. Two over here. Yep. Crisscross applesauce. All right. Now, Alex, while he, while he is sharing this, you guys got to scoot in because you're like in a little powwow. He, you're, you want his chocolate. There you go. go. Yeah, there you go. Very good. And as he shares, he thinks he's believing this lie here. <laughs> he's believing this lie that the more he gives, the less he's going to have in the end. And remember, he's been thinking about chocolate all day. He's had a hard day. All he can think about is his chocolate. And as he continues to give out pieces of chocolate, he thinks, well, I'm going to only have three or four pieces left. Now, remember, pause. Everybody pause. Freeze. This is a scene. This scene is about how many cares you give. We think that we can't give out enough cares, and then we'll run out of cares. God gives us infinite cares. Okay, play. Okay, so as he gives out his cares, his chocolate, he thinks he's running out, but here's what really happens. Here's what really happens in the kingdom of God. When you are trying to shine a light and be a light for people in the world, here's what happens. You're sharing, you're sharing, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait a second. There's more. How many, how many are you going to share because there's so much more? How many will you share? You, yeah, you might as well keep sharing. Go ahead and hand them out. Yeah, I'll give you a little more. How about that? Yeah. Keep sharing. Keep sharing. You, you can literally share all of these. Because it's just like, it just keeps coming. It's kind of out, but don't pay attention to that. Um, infinite amount of chocolate, okay? So 
where, where the chocolate was coming from, it just kept coming, and, and he could give it uh, all chocolate away all night long. Okay, you're done. Go back to your seats. Drop the chocolate, besides the ones that are in your mouth. Drop the chocolate. All right, round of applause for my brave volunteers. As we clean up the stage for you, as we clean up the stage, I, I wouldn't want to go on with a messy stage. I just want to read you guys some quotes. <laughs> I just want to read you some quotes about caring. Never believe that a few caring people can't change the world, for indeed, that's all who ever have. Margaret Mead. A candle loses nothing by lighting another candle. James Keller. Some people, you should give me snaps when I'm done reading a quote. That's good. Okay. Some people care too much. I think it's called love. That's Winnie the Pooh. Nobody cares about how much you know until they know how much you care. Teddy Roosevelt. Never be so busy as to not think of others. That's the Mother Teresa. A smile is a light in your window that tells others that there is a caring, sharing person inside. Dennis Wheatley. And my final one, don't care for those who ignore you. Care for those who are ignoring others for you by unknown who must have been ignored. Very good. A round of applause for um, getting the stage clean. Really appreciate that. I, I didn't want to embarrass all of you by going on with a, with a messy stage. You understand. I have another story. This is a very fun story. This happened in Kenya. So in Kenya, the, the little kiddos, the youngest kiddos in the classroom, they get um, breakfast and lunch, all the kids do when they're there. But the little kids, they get a carton of milk before they go home. And then that way, they can, like, they don't know if they're going to have dinner that night, right? And so they're making sure that they're giving these kiddos some food so that they can grow up, so that they can be strong, that they can be healthy, so they can be in school. And so these kids get this milk, and, and they, like, cut it open. I don't know if, there, if there's a photo. I think there's a photo. And, um, yeah, like, this kid just went to town on it and exploded it all over his, <laughs> his face. <laughs> they, they enjoy it. But one of, uh, one of the people on the trip, a few of them saw that a little girl took her milk, she drank half of it, and then she put it, like, behind her back, and then they were released for the day. And then she went walking out into, a, like, a quiet corner of the school, and you, you saw her sister, who was older, who doesn't get milk um, because they're just older, they're, they're healthier, they're more developed and stuff like that. But the little sister had shared half of her milk for her big sister and, like, just kind of kept it a secret and, and gave her the, the rest of her milk. And I was thinking, like, the teachers know, knew what was going on. Like, they saw it. But instead of having the older sister in trouble because she was drinking milk, I think they were wise enough to see that there was a virtue being learned there. That the experience is elevated as a human being when we share. That when we truly care about people, we share things with them that help them. We don't share things that destroy them, we share things that help them. It was a really cool moment that we got to see. And so when we talk about sharing, I think one of the things that holds us back is just like the stupid example of chocolate that we feel like we're gonna run out of cares at the end of the day. But I want you to see something. This is a paraphrase of Jesus' words in chapter five of Matthew. 
And he's saying, here's what you're going to do when you put your faith in me. When you are following me, here's, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to do this through your faith. He says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be a light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. And if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you here on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. This generous Father in heaven that we have. So a lot of us get caught up. Like we ask you to invite people to Element, right? And you say, I don't, I don't know how to do that. That's embarrassing. I have no idea how to like share my faith in my school. Listen to these words. Shine the light and people will see an open, loving, graceful, caring God through the light that you're shining. But then the next thing we got to talk about is a lot of us get crippled by the thought thinking that we're the light. Like we've got to be good enough. We've got to be religious enough. We've got to know the Bible good enough. We've got to go to church enough so that we could shine. And if we do one wrong thing, then our light goes out and then it's all over. I think a lot of us feel that pressure. And when you feel that pressure, you intend to do nothing. But we're not reading that right if we think that we're the source of the light. So here, check this out. The, Craig Rochelle puts it this way, but I'm, I've heard this a hundred ways a hundred different times. When, you, when there's a full moon, anybody ever seen a full moon? Yeah, okay, it's pretty bright outside. Pretty bright outside. You can see trees, you can see cars on the road, you can see animals in the field. I don't know, whatever you're looking at, you could probably see it. And the, here's the point, though. Is the moon the source of the light? No, very good. Was that, what is that, a freshman? No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, the moon is not the source of the light. The sun is. The moon is simply reflecting the sun. So you're the moon. You're, you're not the source of the light. You're simply reflecting the sun, the son of God, into the world. You're being light by reflecting, not by being perfect. You're not the source of the light. You're simply casting light because you are in a relationship with Christ. And remember that intro verse that was talking about when your life is found in Jesus Christ, in this world and all the way into the next, infinity and beyond, you are in a continuous loop of love and grace and peace and joy and cares to give. You can give all the cares. Because just when you think you've ran out of cares to give, God will give you more. And he'll change your heart again. And you'll just, you don't have to be the source. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be all powerful. You know, insert the name. You are reflecting, you are reflecting the love that's already been given. So we don't have to feel that pressure so we can actually give. So that we can be so thankful for the gospel that we give. So that we can care so much that we actually share good things. Like, back to that stupid chocolate example. How much would you share of something if you knew you had an unlimited amount? Like, you would, you would just keep sharing and sharing because you would bring friends to you. Like, friends would want to hang out with you. Like, you would, they would feel loved by you and you would feel loved to be able to share. Just like that girl who had the milk. Like, she only had a half container, but she knew she was getting some tomorrow too. You see what I'm saying? Like, they, 
understanding where the source comes from helps our, our, our greedy hands creak open. And I will tell you, like I was preparing for this message tonight, this is my character flaw, 100%. I, I feel like I deserve it, I earned it, I paid for it, why should I give this to someone else? That is like one of my biggest character flaws, so I understand. Like this is, this is hitting me in the face too. But understand scripture is saying we know where the source of good comes from so we can give away good things. So ultimately, as I wrap up, I think you have four, three or four options. The first option, being thankful for the good news of Jesus Christ saving you um, from the wrath of God for him dying for your sins and giving you a second chance out of that thankfulness. You could either hoard it, you could just keep it all for yourself. And here's what that looks like. You've been coming to Element for five, six years, and you've never invited anybody. Or you've never told a friend about it. You hoard it. You say, this is mine. This is a good thing. This is just for me. But oddly enough, you're the same person where your faith is starting to feel stale. It's starting to feel like there's got to be something more here. And you're right. This something more is sharing, is actually caring about the people you're around. The people who hoard faith are the people who get angry at people who don't act Christian enough. They're not good enough to be here. Why would I invite them? Why would I be kind to them? They're not like me. I'm much better. Those are the people who hoard, hoard faith. Second, I think you, in terms of the thankfulness that you feel for the gospel of Jesus Christ, your second option is you completely ignore it. Even though there's history, even though there's science, even though there's, there's sources, even though there's witnesses, you take everything about the gospel and you just ignore it. And you just say, I'm not going to look at that. I'll deal with that someday. But you have no idea the number of your days. And all of a sudden, someday might come real quick. What do you have to lose some of us will choose to ignore it. Well, I, I don't know who you are. I don't know why you choose that. I don't know why I chose that for so long. But we could choose to ignore it. The third option is to share it, to truly share it. And when you look at Scripture over and over again, if you've watched the life of Jesus over and over again, you see him sharing just continuously. But he keeps going back to the Father and praying, Father, just like one more. Let's do this again. Give me, I know you've, you've invested so much in me. I'm going to go and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die for him. One more. He shares. He shares his good. He did not need to leave heaven, but it was his choice to come down to save us. He chose to share. Will you, chared, will you cho- choose to share? Will you choose to share the good things in your life? And the ultimate good thing is freedom. The ultimate good thing is being thankful for God who saves you. And I think like maybe the fourth thing, this is, I, I just wanted to add this. I think your fourth option is to actually believe it. Like believe it or not. To choose whether you're gonna trust Jesus, died for your sins, is your savior, will rewrite your story and love you all the days of your life here and into infinity and beyond. Will you believe it? I don't know if you will or not, but I pray to God you will. And I pray to God you experience the joy of all of that, of the fact that he shared his son with you, that, it, that he shared his love with you and his grace with you. He cared enough about you to do all of that. 
And for those of us who want to share, or those of us who want to move forward in this, you've got to remember that you don't have to become Mother Teresa tomorrow. Okay? You don't have to tackle the big issues of the world. I think one thing that cripples like my generation and lower is all we got told was you could do anything. You could change the world. You could change this planet. You could change the nation. You could. But more than likely, you're going to change your family. You're going to change your community. You're going to change your class. You're going to change your school. And you might work your way up. You might get Mother Teresa status someday. You might get that badge on social. But really, what it comes down to when you start is baby steps. Baby steps, like holding the door for someone and saying, have a good day. And in that, you're busting the crust of your selfishness and you're actually sharing something. You care enough to share something. Or the next time you do go to Cane's, you smile at the person who's taking your order and say, how you doing today? It's been a rough one or, you know, seen a lot of people today or whatever. Like, I've found that if you just ask people about themselves, they always want to talk about themselves. In, the, in like a good way. Say, how are you doing today? They'll usually tell you. They'll usually tell you. Or baby steps, like instead of just being an absolute drama queen in your home, recognizing that your parents are actually people too, like going through stuff, trying to figure out life. And you decide to actually bring some peace when you walk into the door rather than just adding to the chaos. Just baby steps. Baby steps. Or baby steps. Not actually being a distraction in your small groups. Because we all know, we all love the class clown, but class clowns, you also, you also have the social skills to be able to land a good joke. You also have the social skills to influence an entire room if you chose to. You could change the dynamic of an entire group of people if you chose to use your influence for good. Baby steps. Baby steps. Maybe a kid is actually going through a rough time and you just shut your mouth for a little bit in small groups. Instead of constantly being a drain of attention and saying, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. And this kid's over here going through hell on earth. And you actually have the wisdom and peace of mind to go, okay, I'm going to just like be quiet for a little bit. And I'm going to let this kid like actually talk about his life. Because apparently he's got nobody else. Baby steps. Baby steps. Jesus, I pray for these students. I love them a lot. And I don't wish any of them pain, and I don't wish any of them sorrow. I pray, um, even though we don't have Element next week, that during this Thanksgiving season that they think about how to share uh, the cares in their lives. I pray for the students who have been hoarding their faith, who have been hoarding good news, been too afraid to share it, been too scared to share it or just are looking up for the first time realizing they haven't shared it at all. God, you know and I know that they are missing out on the best part of following Jesus, and that's sharing good news. You didn't call us to just be comfy in church rows. You called us to share good news to the lost, to the hurt, to the broken. And I pray the student that's feeling like that's their calling in their heart that they would actually step towards it and forsake the, the fear that they have about what people think of them or, or how popular they're going to be, but they actually care about people for who they are. I pray for the student in here who doesn't know how to care because nobody's ever cared about them. I know that's a deep wound. 
But I know that when they look at you, when they look at Jesus, truly, truly look at his life, what he did and believe in him, you will teach him how to share. God, tonight, we are thankful for you saving us. You gave your life on a cross and you suffered, but you rose and you proved once and for all that there was a way out of this, a way out of this of joy, of peace, a way out of the pain and into freedom. And you showed that death was conquered. And if we put our faith in you, that death is defeated. I pray tonight that when we sing, that we actually mean the words that are leaving our mouths and that we let you change us in this moment. Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students.